New York City NYC Pop Fest is this weekend. We're going to be talking Kanye <laughs> live at the Bell House this Saturday, April 8th at 4.30 with special guest Cypher Sounds. <laughs> so go get your tickets now at nycpodcast.com or the Bookie Yay page on foreverdogpodcast.com. <laughs> That's terrible. You time it. Today's show is brought to you by Casper.com. Receive $50 towards any mattress purchase at caspertrial.com slash bookofyay. And by warbyparker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at warbyparkertrial.com slash bookofyay. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. If you're a fan of the Book of Yay podcast, if you love us, if you really love us, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher and drop us a five-star review. We need it. We hurting out here. <laughs> I need stars. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. As the sun sets and the night falls and them hoes call, he pulled up at 6.30 in the 745. He's waving shorty high. He knows he's showing his bling out. He, she got in the car. He drove. He pulled his thing out. The girl caught feelings. She mad. She threw the ring out. She found out he dreamt the whole thing out. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Book of A Podcast. I'm Chris Daniels. Here with my man Rob Hayes. What up, Rob? He don't normally you, rap that fast. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ten years, hey, I man, still ain't got it, listen, bro. Listen, you, you, you stuck with it as long as you could. I'm proud of you. You, you know what song that was? No, no, not off the top of my head. What is it? All right. Do you know what song it is? Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, obviously I don't. I'm just waiting <laughs> on you to just confirm. Still Dreaming by Nas. Hip Hop is Dead. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I remember Hip Hop is Dead. That's the album. That was when he had to feel the feel of deal. Yo, me and Jay, we cool again. So, you know, we had to record. Hip Hop is Dead came out with the song Black Republic. I don't think Nas talks this slow. That's not a bad Nas. He talks that slow? Oh, that's too mystical. You should go back and watch Belly. For real. <laughs> Nas is the only narrator ever to say for real. <laughs> Like, most people just trust and narrate it. Like, Buns was a sketchy dude. For real. <laughs> we got to have a dope episode. Uh, with us today is a fantastic comic friend of the podcast, uh, man, Noah Gardenswartz. What's up, man? How you doing? Very happy to be here with both of you. You, uh, three. you a big Kanye fan? Uh, I do like Kanye. I wouldn't say big Kanye. Like, I mean, compared to you two, no, but I, I fuck with Kanye, and I've liked him since... I've heard of him and knew about him. I never hopped on the Kanye hate train. That's respectable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we can always get behind that. Um, me and Noah got a long history. We go back to uh, doing comedy in Atlanta and whatnot. Indeed. Now we're both in NYC, BK and whatnot. Very happy to see what you've become, Rob Hayes. <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm doing just great. Gonna... Grown a lot. Is he different? How Grown different a lot. is he from when you first? No, met? no, he's the same person. He hasn't changed as a person. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't grown as a person. He's grown. He's grown as a comic. <laughs> this is good to know. Uh, we had we had some like few new releases this week. We mm-hmm. had uh, you know Kendrick came out with another new song uh, that people are talking about, but Kanye snuck a verse in on Mary J. Blige's new song. What do you think? Yo, I think that uh, they are talking about two different things on this song. <laughs> Mary, we all know, just recently is like going through a divorce. And Kanye, yeah. uh, the song is called Love Yourself. So Kanye was like, well, don't worry. Yeah. I got plenty to say there. <laughs> he's, and, got, he's got self-love and surplus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kanye's talking about persevering when uh, people are criticizing you and what you want to do and limiting you and whatnot do you feel like this i feel like the song might not be as recent like like his verse anyway or at least like when he might have recorded it you get that vibe from it no it doesn't give me a vibe of they were in the studio together well do you not think that his message resonates with someone going through a divorce i guess and i guess it's like a like a thing he might not feel like i can relate to that aspect but i can relate to being down and needing to love yourself you know it's a, it's very similar to the ego remix yeah but something about it just it, it resonates in a sense like he's talking when he's talking about like taking over the summer and stuff it just like and his whole attitude is all it all sounds like something that like could have been recorded like not even like this past year like another year he's talking about or because this doesn't relate like you said, close to a divorce kind of thing, more like where she's just like, I've been through this hard time. I got to learn to like love myself above everything else. He's just like, of course, who the fuck else am I going to love but me? Like the greatest dude, which doesn't kind of seem to resonate with what we've experienced for the past year, Kanye. I think um, that's what Kanye likes to do when he gets on an R&B track. I think it's like, you know, he likes to kind of shift the conversation to something different i think if you look at you know the history of him on whether it's the deuces remix or whether it's um you know american boy by estelle you know i feel like <clears throat> when kanye gets on the track with an r&b artist he sh- changes what the subject is about Amazing. did he do the same thing with drake we've got i mean remember glow yeah I don't know why I say it like that. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I mean, that's an R&B song, but it's still, you know, it's in tandem. It's in tandem with, like, what... See, I think Glow is more of a, like, session. They were together, you know, right. they were both working out. You know, there's a back and forth there, and I don't think that that correspondence is the same with Mary J. Blige, but I I would be surprised if it was. I would be surprised if, like, Mary J. and Kanye were going back and forth, you know? Right. Was this the first time they've ever collaborated? Mm. It feels like, a, like it should be something else. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I feel like these two, especially on some level. Yeah, I can't think of another Could- Mary J., Kanye because even though Kanye is an icon himself I feel like he always gets excited and steps it up a little bit when he's working with other icons right 
And I think I think Mary J has been so close with Jay Z. She had rainy days with Ja Rule. She had that song with Drake. I don't know if I can think of a a space that would make sense for the both of them. Who did did Kanye produce the song that she did with Taleb Kweli? I try, maybe. I feel like maybe. that might be the connection that I, I that I'm thinking of. Mm. That sounds right. That was like 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 the single for the the project after Just to Get By. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that sounds right, but I'm not sure. We'll get into it later. Uh, yeah. What else we got this week? Um, we had we got to see the interview from our uh, our favorite good music character designer <laughs> Noah. I made it through two, two minutes. minutes. <laughs> two minutes of a fifteen minute interview. You missed some good stuff, man. I couldn't stand the way he speaks. He said he, he doesn't really speak. Well, yeah, that's what I couldn't stand. It's just too much mumbling with the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like trap. <laughs> Yo. How could Yo. you how could you sit and watch the whole thing? First of all, cause Nardwar's research is amazing. He obviously what? Nardwar can he can't speak but he can hear it. Because <laughs> he was able he to give gifts. <laughs> he can't hear Jimmy. He was able to give gifts. And then he gave it the manager gifts. Right. And the manager was freaking out. Eh, and I can tell, like, yo, that's designer's manager. Because she spazzed out very similar to how he do. She's like, why? She, like, she got to fly across the room. But all I want to see is just designer get gifts for if If that's all it is, is him doing interviews and people giving him shit. I would watch that all day. Because his reactions is crazy. The one takeaway in my two minutes <laughs> <laughs> of watching that I did find interesting was that designer's grandfather was a legit musician. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know he came from really like real good. musical roots. I also would be interested to hear what uh, designer's grandpa thinks about designer as an artist. That's very true. But yeah, Narwar, he, he's um, done the same with Currency, uh, Drake, you know... Um, Ugly God. Have you seen Narwar and Ugly no. God? I think the only other one I remember seeing was Tyler the Creators. Okay. That was a good one. Yeah. The Pharrell one's a classic. That's the reason Narwar like What did he bring Pharrell? Well, he he interviewed Pharrell with NERD. He interviewed NERD in 2008. And that's when they were promoting um, Sing Sounds. And he gave them like he was asking them about the mall they used to hang out with. He gave uh, Chad a Mork from Ork Doll. Like they were freaking out because they were just like, no one knows this stuff. And then that's when Pharrell was like, all right, you're going to be a part of I Am Other Network. He got him hooked up with Jay-Z. Like it really just like made Narwar like a, from a Vancouver thing to like an Internet thing. Is that a moniker? What's his real name? Nardwar. He's Narwar, the human serviette. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm completely ignorant of serviette Narwar. Serviette meaning napkin. He, he's the human, the nap- human napkin. The human napkin. Yeah. That didn't make it make any more <laughs> sense to me. That's actually he more sucks up information. So and, wouldn't he know, go sponge instead of napkin? I don't know. I actually don't know 
from Narwar, he he's told me where the serviette is. So I don't even know if that's even a thing or if that's just French for a napkin or what. I don't know. I just asked because I got the feeling watching him. I feel like I have cousins and schoolmates like Nardwar. Like, I feel like his real name is Stanley Feinberg. Or something. <laughs> that, that's why I asked. <laughs> that just makes sense. I don't know. I don't know Narwar's real name. I know Narwar was in a band, and I know he, like, uh, he's got an amazing TED Talk. About what? About, like, uh, just perseverance and... How like one thing leads to another, like you never really know in life how, you know, like he interviewed one person. One and, day you're just a golf yeah. caddy and the next thing you know, you interview the greatest hip hop artist of the just, country. Just a napkin <laughs> waiting gonna, to catch a break. Yeah. Y'all not gonna sit here and make fun of Narwhal. Just That's a napkin waiting for his crumbs. <laughs> okay. No, I fuck with it. I just wanna know more about him. Napkins are necessary. Everybody needs a napkin. He's given a big bamboo to like uh like the um the Cheech and Chong record to Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne, Currency Wiz Khalifa, all with the rolling papers in it. He should have given bamboo to designer Panda. Now he gives it to the weed nothing, rappers. Nothing. Yeah. No, I, I, get don't think, it. I don't think bamboo don't, panda. Nothing. Come we on. just think from a designer perspective. I don't think he's ever been known as like like a weed or drug dude at all. Oh, nothing. he owns something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think he wake that up boy like owns that. Something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. He was very clear in the interview that he, he's that like, what do you like what are, what are you cooking designer? He's like this is the only time his voice got clear at all. His later interview, he's like I don't cook nothing but music. <laughs> <laughs> like that was it. Then he was back to the character. Oh man, is that an omission of guilt? Hmm? No, I think he's <laughs> maybe I don't know. I feel like they someone was like, all right, do whatever you're gonna do, but make sure you let them know. The only thing you cooking is music. The only thing I'm cooking is music. <laughs> your, your impression is giving me PTSD is, for I, the two I, minutes I watch. It's crazy. I can't stick that. I can't stick that whatever that like colicky sound in his voice is. I'm like, this he's like 18, 19 years old, and that's how he sounds. Is he really? He's yeah. that he's that young? When I was his age, it was all live at the barbecue. <laughs> for real. I'm sorry. I did not know Rob Hayes was Frank Caliendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Nas and Designer in the bag. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Ah, I've heard some good ones. You got a Chuck D. Chuck D is a good one. That might be my favorite. Oh, man. I don't think I... <laughs> have I ever done Chuck you didn't D do on it, a podcast? Not on a podcast. You did it with no, no time like the present. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would Chuck D be for Designer or against Designer? I don't know. Give us one of each. Yeah, give us... <laughs> Give us Chuck D playing devil's advocate against himself. I don't even know. I don't even know how to get into it. You got to do it like. You got to do it just like a. You got to like have a, a good up. first gotta, word. Like, like, like oh, like, I don't know. Yeah, your first up. word is very important when you Chuck D, you know. Designer! Oh, never <laughs> seen another. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, did you uh, did you get any of this Calabasas line yet? No. It's just sold out. As as always, everything Kanye sells out in like five minutes. I didn't like the shoes. I never understood the shoes, but 
Those ones look like nursing shoes. Yeah, yeah. they look like re- like those Reebok classics. I had yeah, that's that what I, thought. Like I had the Reebok classics. Come with nothing, nothing on them. Not even a Reebok symbol. Just like Reebok and a little flag. They look like like the starter shoe, whatever in two K, where you just like make something else out of it. The but- crazy thing is, Adidas has similar shoes on the market for sixty dollars. Well, I want to see a follow up. Obviously, he didn't sell them, but the one dude that was trying to sell them for 88,000. Yeah. Well, no, they're going for 1,000 right now on StockX. Jesus. 1,000 is ridiculous, but this dude went way left. 88,000. But 1,000 for like basically all they all Kanye did was take the what are they? Pressures? Is that the name of him? I don't know. Pul- Pulse? I don't know. Adidas All he did was take an Adidas model that already existed. Switch out the tongue, made the tongue cooler, and then boom. And that's how it got. Wait, so you don't like the shoe, or you do like the shoe? I don't like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay two hundred dollars for that shoe. Let alone a thousand dollars for that shoe. Even if I had it, I wouldn't do it. Just because it's it's not worth it. Like it's a white shoe. The minute they like anything happens to them. Now you now they become those nursing shoes that they look like. Like yeah. yeah, they're fresh. Like when you first step out, oh my God, he's got. I can't believe he wore the calabasas here. Blah 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 blah. The minute something happens to him, it's like, nah. But there's nothing about them that even jumps out at you. Like if you see someone in the club wearing them, I wouldn't even offhand you would just know to- those were the calabasi. You would just—it's just for like the people who I think just know. I think the the switching of the tongue does change the way you could wear because the originals got like a rounder tongue, and I think making the like square tongue makes them like more. They pop out more if you got on like, like a jogger or something. Oh, like I don't the Calabasas pants. I wanted if they, I wanted those, anything, those I wanted are fresh. those. Yeah, that yeah. or the. Uh, or the shirt, even the the long sleeve shirt. Both those like are, are are dope and like reminiscent of what you've seen him wear over the past year. Thinking like that's something I w- I would go outside and for sure I would pick that up. Chris Jenner had him on and uh, on keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> on Sunday. Why are you bringing this up? Like I like don't watch the show, man. I'm just <laughs> saying she had on the Calabasas sweats, you know, Pablo merch. Send me a picture. Well, yeah, she's the queen of branding, of course. The whole family, they all wear the Pablo stuff. But, um, yeah, it was a sad episode. Trying to fatten up Northwest College Fund. It's a very revealing season. I think the next episode is going to be a must for Kanye fans because the next one's about when he walked off the stage. What? That was the last one. When he heard about the... Oh, this is... Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I've been kind of having to watch two episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians now. I don't watch it. They're getting Kanye-centric. I I, I figured you didn't watch it, though. (laughs) Most of our guests don't. I, I, I don't have cable. So, I mean, I'm good for watching some bullshit shows when I have them. When I, had, when I was living in Atlanta, I had cable. I was watching all that. I'm not oh, offended. Not, I, it. I don't have cable for the record, but at the same time, you know. You can find a way. Yeah. Sure. Well, that, that's what I'm saying is he the, the effort I have to go through to watch a show I want to watch. Tech, I'm, no, not, I'm not giving all that I'm to the Kardashians. I'm not out of any ads to watch Keeping Correct. Up with the Kardashians. Correct. 
But, you know, I mean, I'll watch the next one if you tell me it's as important as it is. It was a big moment. It actually kind of relates to the song we're going to get into later. We talk about that. I guess. No, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear this justification. Uh, no, nah, wait. First, before we even get into that, we got to ask, because we asked everybody on this podcast, uh, what was your first introduction to Kanye West? It was definitely the college dropout album. I can't remember offhand. I, I feel like it had to be Through the Wire. Okay. It had to be, just because that was the first one to pop off that album, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was one of those where I like got the back research. Once I knew who Kanye was, found out he had been working with Jay for years because I love Jay. But the first like Jay actual... Who? Jay-Z. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why, you what? It could have been... <laughs> who did you think I was talking about? Jay Holiday. Could have been... Uh, Jay Quan, James Brown could have been. No, Rob. I was talking about Jay Z. Jamiroquai. <laughs> Actually, Kanye and Jamiroquai could probably make some dope <laughs> shit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Through the Wire is definitely the first song I can remember associating Kanye with. But uh, and then I remember seeing Kanye do his verse from um, All Falls Down on Deaf. Was it Deaf Poetry Jam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember that. And then I started putting two and two together and started fucking with them heavy. All right. Um, I guess before we get into the song, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about Never Let Me Down. Gosh! For you, the listeners of the Boogie A podcast, Casper is offering $50 towards any mattress purchase at Casper.com. The Casper mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's got the right sink and the right bounce. It's made up of two technologies, latex foam and memory foam. They come together like a Kanye beat and a Kanye rap. The Casper mattress is now the most awarded mattresses of the decade, kind of like Kanye with Grammys. So what are you waiting for? Go get one. To receive $50 towards any mattress, go to caspertrial.com slash Again, that's caspertrial.com slash for $50 towards any mattress purchase. We're also sponsored by Warby Parker. Warby Parker is offering Book of Yay listeners a free five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their glasses. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. Their home try-on program allows customers to order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly to them where they can try them on in the comfort of their own home and give feedback for friends, family, and colleagues. Users can keep the frames for five days before sending them back completely free using a prepaid returning shipping label with no obligation to purchase. To get your home try-on today, go to warbyparkertrial.com slash bookofyay. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash bookofyay for your free five-day home try-on. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you pick Never Let Me Down? I picked Never Let Me Down because I think it was the best song off of Kanye's best album. I love all three people involved with the song, not only Kanye and Jay-Z, but also the poetry by Saul Williams at the end. Um, I was a big fan of all three verses and Saul's contribution. I like what each artist had to say in their part of the song, and I feel like they all address three different things on the same topic they all came at it from different angles which i would explain i guess now or later i don't know do you want me like oh wait 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 first of all his name is saul williams is it not 
Well, then who is he talking about in the last call when he's like, I call up Kwali or Quayle, I put him on zone with Jay-Z. Or is that what he calls Tyler Kwali? says Jay Ivy. Jay Ivy. Yeah. Oh, no. Am I giving credit to the I wrong think, dude? I think this is, yeah, I think you got the wrong poet. Does it not sound like Saul Williams to you guys? I don't know. Am I, I know this, when I When I was in college, there was a dude that did poetry, and... He would do a poem he wrote in high school, and it sounds a lot like this verse because he'd be like, the motivation, the elevation, the demonstration, the education. It would be like, I didn't, Yo, you got that from I didn't like, I didn't like this because it was Saul Williams, but I always liked Saul Williams and thought it was him. So now I want to know who this dude was because I liked his. I never done research well. on a poet, I just know this verse, but. You sound Trackler. so guilty. What? Trackless says Jay Abbey. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with the work. I don't know. I'm not all the way sure. I thought he was going to show up on more Kanye albums, like this being the first Kanye album and that being such a powerful moment. Because, like, the thing is, I feel like if this song doesn't go, a lot of people probably turn it off after Jesus Walks. Like, Jesus Walks is so powerful. Spaceships is so powerful. And by the Mm -hmm. time you get to this song, it's like, all right, if this song isn't jamming, I might not listen to this album for a yeah. while, or I might pick and choose, you know. Because this is like nearing the middle where, I, you, where people make that choice. Right, and I don't even think it just went. I, I think it topped both those, and I love both of those songs. Oh, that yeah. you were saying, the predecessors to this, but I just love what this song has to say. And uh, as I was kind of revisiting it, because it's been a while since I listened to it, and then when you guys asked me to do the podcast and I started listening to the song again, started kind of reanalyzing it and what i like about it is i feel like the whole thing about not letting yourself down or not letting others down jay-z in the first verse talks about himself kanye in the second verse essentially talks about the community and then i guess jay ivy who i thought was saul williams was essentially talking about god and when you're talking about staying true to yourself not letting yourself or others down i think those are all three important components yourself the community and god and so that's why I said I feel like they all addressed it like on topic, but from a different angle and all had a brilliant take on it differently. I, um, I was, I don't know. I remember at the time being so surprised Jay-Z came back and rapped. That, well, that, that's the other thing I liked about it, too, is it was just like a little cherry on top. They already yeah. killed the song. They had good verses. Then that dope ass poem that was like thoughtful at the end, and then Jay just kind of brags to send us out. Yeah, it's kind of like remember me from the beginning. Right. Like I know, like because the poem feels like it should be the the footnote, right? There's like a spiritual footnote on the song, and then, and then Jay Z comes back like, and then he's, he's still talking about how he's like the best motherfucker, right? right and right then now. yeah, the the send off, the last line of the song, "Hoes a living legend." I'll tell you why everybody want to be Hove and Hove's still alive. Yeah, that's great braggadocia right there. Yeah, and, you know, this is, uh, even though it's probably recorded before the retirement, this is during that retirement period where, you know, a Jay-Z verse was, like, treated, like, special. Like, this might be the I mean, this this was well before the retirement because he's bragging about having four number one albums on this song. Yeah, but at the same time, when it came out, it was, like, during that retirement era. Yeah, where it was... Like similar to like how you feel like like Kobe's retirement, it was. I remember there was a period of time where Jay Z, 
it was it was all about his ending and it was it wasn't like an official like he's leaving tour but everything he did every interview and every like thing you saw him in that was the aura about it is like you're never gonna see jay-z again that's why i, I kind of like the vibe you would get from it you know I, you got dear summer the song where he uh Memphis Bleak doesn't have a verse, but it's on a Memphis Bleak album. And <laughs> Jay-Z's just rapping. And it's like, I always joke, like, that's my favorite Memphis Bleak song. It's Dear Summer. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> but not like, if you go back and listen, I guess now, doing what you're doing, I feel like the things that Jay says in the first verse apply a lot to how I feel about comedy. I don't know if you would feel the same way, but I feel like most artists or doing something a creative pursuit could listen to this verse and catch inspiration and certain similar feelings. Like just his very first line of the song, first I snatched the streets, then I snatched the charts. Like talking about the importance of first making sure the people on the ground level feel you. Like right. making sure there's a level of authenticity to what you're saying for your message to then go mainstream and global. But I also get a, like a parallel where he's talking about how he's had such longevity right and he sees like and like especially in comedy like you know so many people show up and then they get a thing and then maybe you don't right. hear from them again when you're but, hot i'm hot when yeah. your feet cold mine is sizzling like yeah he's letting it know that he's in it for the long run and he's kind of giving you the recipe of how he did that right his verse like in total this is like still that like big brother jay-z phase where it was like you wasn't like Kanye wasn't gonna top him on a verse in a song because Jay Z was like still just killing it at this time. But yeah. I love Kanye's verse. Yeah, Kanye's is, verse is dope, and and so that's what I think that's part of why the song resonated so deeply with me is Jay's first verse kind of reminded me of the way I feel about comedy, and then Kanye's second verse, even though he was largely talking about the black community, resonated in a way with the way I feel about the Jewish community. Just because it seemed like the history of the way he was raised with the community he came from meant so right. much to him. And that was what kind of supported and inspired him throughout. And so, again, it just hit me on several levels. There's so many lines in here that I was, like, so excited about. Like what? Like, they made me show ID to get inside of Sam's Club. Like, mm -hmm. just, I remember being so I don't know why I was excited about that, but at the time it was just like, yeah, they do make you show ID <laughs> to get in the Sam's Club unless you like holding your parents' hand. Like, I'm a big kid, I don't gotta hold nobody's hand. <laughs> it's great. I think Kanye's verse is such like a like a spiritual successor to Jesus Walks, like bouncing off of that to this to where. But it's like when people say they miss like old Kanye, I feel like this is one of those verses that they're talking about just because it's it's got influence from like his upbringing and his mom. Right. And it, it, it so contradicts, you know, some of the things you kind of see today, like, like the line where he jumps in, where he's like, uh, like, like he's like, now niggas can't make it to the ballast to choose leadership, but we can make it to Jacobs into the dealership. And it's like that versus Kanye on stage this year or last year saying like, I didn't vote at all, but right. like, like it's, right. it's like it's, it's, it's weird to see the shift and it just makes it doesn't make me think in a way that's like, oh, like you abandoned it. It makes it just makes me think of like, damn, like what kind of like fucked up shit do you have to go through to be to be that passionate about about what you're talking about there 
to to kind of become the person that you are now. That's the Kardashian effect. No oh. disrespect. Uh, <laughs> you should see the side eye Rob just gave me. <laughs> Man. But no, like, I mean, just the, the penmanship, just like at the tender age of six, she was arrested for the sit-ins with that in my blood. I was born to be different. That's just two lines that essentially paints the picture for his mother and his life story. Like after those two lines, I understood so much more about why Kanye is as aggressive and passionate as he is. Mm -hmm. Right. And he, and he did all that in two lines by describing something that happened to his mother. And, and that's what I'm saying is like, there were so many just one or two lines in every verse that were worth a thousand words on their own. Plus at that time, it seemed like there was such a disconnect between hip hop and like civil rights. And it just seemed like, you know, it, it just seemed like they were in such a different place. I mean, of course we know, we knew that, you know, there were Tupac had roots in the, in the black Panthers, you know, his mother being a black Panther and everything. His aunt, yeah. But at the same time, like his, his message, you know, sometimes would, would show that other times it wouldn't. And it was really cool to see Kanye on this first album established, like, you know, not that he's negating that, you know, any of that history existed. You know, I mean, he's got lines like, you know, racism's still alive. They just be concealing it, like. Which is as relevant today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Verse three, J. Ivy. I stand very corrected. I love the way he ends the verse. Who, I can't complain one? what an accident did to my left eye. Because look, look what, what an accident, accident did to, to left, left eye. Right. Think about all the perspective that puts mm -hmm. in two lines. He was writing powerful shit. Like, this yeah. is, but then we get to this the is a heavy, line. heavy song. And it, it uses that instance as a punchline, but it's not making a joke of it. Right. It's just, you know, it's just a hard line that's about some real stuff. But, at, it, you know, it's in perspective. Like, you could say that in a conversation and it would just hit hard it wouldn't be like that was insensitive and then still had another punchline on romeo must die just yeah. to get, just to get jet lee some props yeah <laughs> first Aaliyah, now romeo must die i was but also romeo from yeah, steve harvey was, just died when i looked at the lyrics somebody had somebody had pointed that out where it's like it seemed clear like because Aaliyah and the, and the jet lee con connection mm -hmm. but, but it could be romeo from steve harvey show merlin santana or maybe a double, a two for one. Is it? And no, it just, is a that's double. That's just how nice he is. Yeah. Kanye was was giving you the doubles back then. Any song that shouts out Aaliyah is amazing. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then pretty much every line in Jay Ivey's poem is it's, fucking yeah. dope. Mm -hmm. Every single one of these could give you chills. Not to mention the fact, which I learned yesterday, Michael Bolton had a producing credit on here. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. I didn't realize but that. But not not the solo Michael Bolton. It's uh damn it. What was what's the band's name? No, no, no. No, this, this is this, solo. No, maybe Michael Bolton owns Blackjack's stuff. Michael Bolton was in a group Blackjack which is sampled. The song is called um What's the name of the song? Something Power of Love. Maybe it's The Power of Love. Which is an amazing song. Which Kanye chops up and the he way used he used part chops of that in this? Huh? He used part of that in this? Yeah. Power of Love? 
Yeah, it's it's a girl singing over the hook, and it's like uh, he manipulates the speed. Okay. So, because when I was looking at uh, everyone involved, even though I obviously ignored the fact that it was Jay Ivy, Michael <laughs> Bolton being involved really jumped out at me. So now it makes sense. I didn't. Yeah, he uh, he commented on it just about uh, on their use of the song when they asked for the, the clearing of the sample and everything, and because. Uh, I think that um, he had like got the message that they were going to be using it, and he was like, "All right, well, let me see, like, let me see what it is." And they, so he got the lyrics, and he was like, "This is amazing! Like, go for it!" So that's that's a dope ass story. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, it rarely works out that way. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, when sometimes in a song you'll just hear something and just create your own version of the lyrics, just completely made up because that's the way you hear it. Mm-hmm. Never really do the research on what it was. <laughs> On uh, Jay Ivey's verse, he said, yeah, I need my loop by Rent Day. But that ain't what gives me the heart of Kuta Kente. I always thought he was just saying, yeah, I need a loop by Rent Day. Like, I just assumed that was the name of some artist yeah. or some poet or, like, yeah. some deep writer that I had never heard. And I used to rock heavy with it. Like, I'd be saying it confidently. Yeah, yeah I need a loop by Rent Day. I mean, I can't <laughs> wait till a loop by Rent Day drops. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I need yeah. to go read some of his shit. A loop by Rent Day and Saul Williams have their own version of this song somewhere. Oh man, shout out to Lupa Rente. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo. So yeah, Michael Bolton is is the voice that you hear sped up, which is crazy because I think Kanye was in a power rock phase and he talks about when he produced just to get by that he was like when he came up with this moment, I woke up, I'm feeling brand new. I jumped up like he was he got that from like power rock it sounds like amp like stadium rock from yeah the big yeah. hair bands and and that's real influential on the like graduation era kanye but here he's taking that and turning it into this sped up soulful sound so when you hear it you think you're listening to you know a soul singer's voice and well, you there's are a, there's a girl yeah there's a but girl it's, over it but it's it's um you know it's michael bolton doing the rock thing you know he's not he's not the little man (laughs) he's not that dude there were so many different musical inspirations in this song Mm because even even at the end of uh jay ivy's poem when he said take him to church and then he kind of goes gospel with it like the choir and the hand claps i love the use of the choir on here um i don't know who the girl is who used to sing back up for him but you know she's here she was also, I feel like, on uh, that Trina song with Ludacris, Be All Right. Like, I feel like we've heard her voice, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was going to do it. You knew I was going to do it. You were doing it way more confidently before the podcast yeah. recording See, we gotta, started. See, we, we made him do too many, too many impressions on here. He's like, <laughs> impressions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I think, I mean, College Dropout had so many good songs and important songs, and this one took the cake for me. It's it's like I've 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 never because uh, my favorite song on on College Dropout is Jesus Walks, and I've always kind of like separated the two. But in going like and I separated the two, this song from that. Yeah, but it's like I can't. At the same time, I realize like I can't listen to this song without listening to Jesus because it just kind of like it, it flows right into it obviously you can, even when you start the song you still hear the trail off from Jesus Walks but now it's like going back and listening to it so much now and you're right the connection you made between all of it like the message is 
is one of the best like uh just put together and overall like if you want to get an overall theme of like what you can expect from this album this could be like the perfect song for the now, whole thing. Let me ask you guys this cuz I was when I was looking over the lyrics and how it's broken down I found two possible interpretations from just the the line of the hook when it comes to being true at least true to me. Do you think he means being true to yourself or he's saying like whatever my perspective of truth is? Like fuck what you think even if you don't think it's the truth when it comes to what I see as the truth. Okay. Like, do you think he's talking about self-truth or just faith in the truth of your perspective as you see it? I would say the truth in your perspective. Like, you know, this don't have to be true for you, but for me, this is an absolute. You'll never let me down. Because the whole thing is, it's a it's a journey kind of, like, so like to go on like your own kind of whatever you want to do journey endeavor you want to do on your own you have to kind of create your own visualization sure. of what the fuck you want and what you're gonna do and whether it's jay-z talking about like his journey is as, as far as this time it's like over in a sense like he's already solidified as as the greatest and kanye is kind of starting out but he's talking about his journey from a kid to now and then you have jay ivy's poem at the end um just talking about his journey like with God right? and like it's all about like being hot on your own kind of terms. So I, I take it as it's a, it's a self visualization, uh, visualization thing. And that's kind of what I was talking about up top is like the appropriate chronological order they went through in terms of the hook establishes, okay, we're going on this journey. I've got a vision uh-huh. of what I'm doing first. I got to believe in myself. Then I get the community behind me. Then once I've got my own self-belief, the community behind me, that's when faith and the higher powers that be take over. And from there, you're unstoppable and become the living legend that Hope leaves us on. And then, yeah, <laughs> right after then you take a shot at Mace just to leave, just before you leave him off. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if he overheard that, like, Mace is Kanye's favorite rapper. And, like, he was like, all right. <laughs> Wait, what, like, what was his see. shot at Mace? Oh, where he's, uh, <laughs> find it specifically. It was, uh, it's, um, because was this during Mace's uh, church phase? This is when Mace was back. Yeah, he was oh, like, he, like, he back just after his preacher yeah, days. Yeah. But he like, kind of just got back. He's like, this is Jay. This and Jay will get you Mace. When I start oh. spinning the lyrics, niggas get very religious. And it's ah, like, yeah. It's like, that's like the clearest shot ever. And it's like, oh boy, I thought we were having a nice time here, Jay-Z. Like, Six nope. Hail Marys, four Father forgive him. But I Young, the Archbishop. The Pope John Paul of y'all niggas. <laughs> it was He's nice. He had to end it that way. Yeah. He was like, he's gone through so much by the time you get to the end of the song, you're like, damn. Like, Jesus is like, I know it was a long time ago, but I'm just, I'm still the shit. Remember that. And I, I do remember the first time I ever heard this song and Jay came back on for that last verse being so pleasantly surprised almost in a way that made you laugh out loud because Kanye even acknowledged it. Like, oh, yeah, we ain't finished. Yeah. He even <laughs> came on and said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were just letting you know at that point they were just being extra with it for no reason. Mm-hmm. Just because they can. It's the throne. Before the Precursor throne. to the Precursor throne. To the yeah. Throne. We always talk about the narrative of Kanye and Jay-Z and... You know, of course, I feel like Jay-Z was the clear superior then 
And I always wondered if this was the session where Kanye got him to do the ad libs for Last Call, and that's why he's like, "Yo, f you, Kanye, first and foremost." You know, like <laughs> like if that comes from this session, because if that's the case, that's kind of crazy. Like, like they Jay-Z did this song. spit all this like beautiful rhymes. Yeah. And also, can you be like, "Yo, you're a real soulful dude." And action. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, we cover it all? Um, I mean, it's going to take a lot more than do-rags to get you waves. <laughs> oh, I shit. I like that one, too. Yo, that shit resonated like painfully. Because, yo, uh, there was a time when it's like all you wanted to get was waves. And I got my family were a bunch of dudes... I don't know. They just have like better hair than I fucking did. They would be like, they'll brush their hair for like an hour. Next thing, like waves popping in. I'll do the whole routine. I got, the, I got, I got the sheen. I got a brush. It, sit did down. you have the brush? I had the brush, double sided. Yo, waves was serious in Detroit too. I imagine they were like, dog. I put so much time in. I wore a cap every night, and I wake up two weeks later. I'm like, I got a ripple. Like, is this <laughs> it? I, I can't get one full. Hey. Overweight the whole the whole thing. I mean, I obviously had no choice. I had to sit out the waves because my hair just can't do it. But I wanted them so damn bad in high school, and I used to see dudes working hard for them, like all through class, homeroom. But you time, never did the like brushing. comb, like try to like build. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just I just I just had a fade, but I just mm-hmm. had straight hair on top of my fade. You had to do it like old, like Odell Beckham would train with his left hand. He would say, I just did everything on my left hand. That's how you had to do it with like trying to get waves. Everything you did, you had to be brushing at the when exact same time. Pharrell came out, my life was made because then it was like, yes, you can get your hair shorter than wavelength <laughs> and survive. It was like, great. It was like, as long as you got a line and you do the like real, real low cut. Uh-huh. And that was my cut. But. I mean, I remember I had some friends with waves so fucking serious that when they went low cut, like damn near a shaved head, you still see the ripple effects of just what the wave is. Yeah. True. You can have true. waves damn near on a bald head. Okay. Are they bald now? Yes. That's a good question because, yes, If you guys are. notice that, the, wait, wait, the wait. guys who had waves the when you were kids. Holy fuck. They're all bald now. No. But, but a lot of that probably has to do with the grease and the chemicals of... Should you put in your hair to get the waves? Sure. Like some Mar- people do Murray's different tactics. Is fucking not easy to come out of the hair. Yeah, but I've noticed a lot of those the guys who had the like the waves in middle school. You'd be like, "Ooh, man, yo, I want my waves to look like that." Them guys are bald now. But yeah, they peaked too early. My yeah. uncle had the hardest waves out bald now. See, also, also, all the people that I knew that always wore hats growing up like the 24 7 hat guys are all bald too and i think the message is you gotta let your hair breathe Mm. do rags i don't know everybody wear the koofy still got their hair though you think so i I think so (laughs) just because you wear a koofy don't mean that you're nice we we had a running theme on the podcast where like kanye brought together those two there's two type of rappers yeah. pre Kanye. Yeah. Koofy rappers and do-rag rappers. Well, yeah. I mean, he came out with a polo and a backpack and fucked everything up. Yeah. Fucked up the game. Uh, I need... See, I'm, I'm trying to fucking reconcile with this fucking wave thing now. It still bites me. Like, I never was able to achieve it. You never could. I, I couldn't... 
Like it wasn't good enough to have. A, you had to have the whole thing. We're all limited by our, you know. I got dreads now, and they're great. But like the part one of me still wishes the one white boy thing that I could never do in elementary school that I wanted so bad was I could never grow the rat tail. I used to want a rat tail so fucking bad, couldn't couldn't get it. How could you not grow? Isn't Why that? Why don't you get a little padworm braid? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, we ask each other. We ask uh, each guest on a podcast. Um, also at the end, what are your what is your most favorite and your least favorite Kanye song? Well, I mean, my most favorite, I think, is we Never covered. Let Me Down. Um, or pop, the only other one that I was considering, which I think you guys have done before, was Get Em High. I think I think Common's verse on that song is so fucking We dope. did Get Em High. Yeah. We did? I think so. Yeah. Oh, shit. But either way, College Dropout just has so many bangers. I love that album. Uh, least favorite? I don't know. Nothing off top, but it would be on the graduation album. I didn't really like that album too much. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Is that your favorite? Uh, no, no, no. It's not that. It's just that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not specific enough. We, yeah. Most we people need have to a- know specifically <laughs> what track because we have two on that album that people can't stand. Well, okay, I don't think it's a bad song, but it brought up bad memories and just left a bad taste in my mouth. The one where he's talking about his mom in the hospital. I didn't like that one because it just makes me sad. Wait, what? Roses. Oh, that's on Late Registration. Okay, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the one that I think yeah. is his worst album. I'm sorry. Wait, what? You think it's his worst album? <laughs> this is. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> what? I do. How? There's not a lot of songs that I remember on that album loving. But again, like I told you up top, I'm a Kanye fan, but I'm not a Kanye fan like you guys. Like, I don't sit and listen to every Kanye album start to finish and oh, analyze. Oh, man. I thought that's just what normal people did. I didn't realize you had to be a, a fan to listen to Kanye albums back, front to back. So, wait, you don't like late registration? I didn't say I don't like it. I said it's my least favorite. So you um, like I love Taco Bell. I still have a least favorite item on Taco Bell's menu. What is it? What is it by the way? Let's get into the cinnamon <laughs> twist. Oh, yeah. The what? Oh, the, wait, what? Yeah. The cinnamon Well, if you think about it, everything else that Taco Bell I mean, makes is pretty much the same. Right. First of all, for the price, is it, how much is it? And again, to, I'm going back to the same point I'm making on late registration. But I made the same point is made whether I'm talking about cinnamon twist or late registration. I still fuck with cinnamon twist. It's just my least favorite of Taco Bell. I got you. I don't okay. I don't dislike late registration. It's just mm. my least favorite album of Kanye's. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because we me and Rob both regard Labor, I believe at least top two of our favorite kind of albums. Well, maybe yeah. I'll have to go back and give it a different listen. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's like a sequel to the College Dropout. Right, but it's also it's also possible that I just thought College Dropout was so great that the that anything following up was going to disappoint me. But see, he do, he goes in a different direction. He doesn't try to rehash the College Dropout. Right, but mm-hmm. I like the direction he went in College Dropout. So maybe the different. But that's also didn't. like the the dynamic of Kanye West is. Whatever the last album was, you can rest assured. Like, you're never going to get that. He's always going to sure. push and grow to, like, a new thing. I will tell you definitively, definitively my least favorite Kanye moment was singing Love Lockdown on SNL. 
because the auto tune was not working and he sounded like garbage. Mm. YouTube it. That I'm shit was pain. It was painful. It was painful to watch. I have to see it again. But if you, I mean, if if the if that's messed up, you know, what are you, what are you gonna do? Also, as far as like a least favorite Kanye moment, like that's pretty tame. Well, sure. Well, 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 because all of his like most obnoxious moments and all the shit that causes controversy, I just take with a grain of salt because that's all built into the persona that he's cultivated. I'm talking about just strictly a performance. Like I separate Kanye, the musician and producer and performer from Kanye, the personality and the Kardashian. As you should. Another shot. Rob Rob gets so mad. Another shot at the Kardashians. (laughs) I mean, they're human beings, man. They go through stuff, you know? They put their life out there for us, and you know that's how people treat them. But it's all good. Wait, you feel you feel bad for the Kardashians? You think they're treated the more and unfairly? More, the more and more I watch this season, the more and more I'm like, oh man, like the like the hate that they receive is not warranted. You don't think they did it to themselves? It doesn't matter. You sh- like, like you people shouldn't wish death on you. People shouldn't be no, like, no, oh, no, when you no, got I'm robbed, not, I'm not I wish here. they would have killed you. Like, that's terrible. That's well, a course. terrible no, thing to tweet somebody. No one's over here advocating for that. I'm just talking about not fucking with the program. But I'm saying people hate them to a degree where it's like, you know, yeah, they, they winning off of, you know, but that's just that's just, I'm not again. I'm not, I'm not saying but at it's the same right. time they exploiting themselves. I fully agree. You should never wish death on somebody, anything that extreme. But when you get the profits and the love that they received, the opposite end has to come back in some form. But I feel like the love is not like so much where it's just you know. I feel like the hate is doesn't match the love. I don't know about that. I mean, I think what you, what you get with them is two very high levels of extremes because the people that, that love them and that brand and that culture, that celebrity, like, we don't know, like, what do you do really? But, like, that the, the, what they represent there, people love that, and they're attracted to it just as much as people hate it. It's very polarizing, but, I mean... What, one, what, one thing I will say in defense of Kim, which I've had this argument before with other people is she's not stupid. No, there no, are no. The, like, you can't be that successful in business and craft that much of a plan that's been working for that long and be stupid. She's of not, course. She's anybody not stupid. To, I'll give, I'll give her that. Anybody trying to go for that narrative is lazy. Yeah. Um, there's a Kanye thing with Michael Bolton though. Like, uh, he does an interview in 2005 with Sway on MTV, he introduces himself as Michael Bolton. Then... Kanye introduces himself as Michael yes. Bolton? <laughs> There's another interview I remember where they ask him what his his name when he checks in the hotels, and he says he checks in as Michael Bolton. That's disrespectful, though, because that's assuming that no fans would show him crazy for Michael <laughs> yeah. Bolton. And they probably would. He's like, how can I but fly under the radar? When they see Michael Kanye, Bolton. they probably would, like, I've, I imagine Kanye would You don't freak think they got out. the same fans? They probably have some of the same fans. What if that was also, just his way of paying homage to the Office Space character? When, <laughs> when people would ask Kid Cudi... Who's on his Jesus piece? He would say, "Oh, who is this? This is Michael Bolton." That's funny. And Kid Cudi has a song 
with Michael Bolton on his last good music album, Indicut. That's a crazy connection. Yeah. So the conclusion is Kanye respects Michael Bolton. Kanye messes which, with Michael Bolton. Which we established by sharing that he got producer credit on this song. Exactly. But I'm saying there's more there than just a musical respect. There's also a thing with the name Michael Bolton. Well, sure. But that whole second level of respect came, I'm guessing, out of respect for his music. Of course. Like He's been listening to him from long hair Michael Bolton days, which I'd never seen before. Love is a wonderful thing. Michael Bolton. Road Unless trip. it's the movie, which would also make sense because we know Kanye loves movies. What you didn't know about long hair Michael Bolton? Not really. I mean, I just know I know oh. I know Michael's Michael Bolton's music. But Michael like, Bolton, the solo artist, starts out with the long hair, baby. See, I didn't go all the way. Most certainly does. If y'all remember when Zach and Kelly broke up on uh, <laughs> Saved by the Bell, Slater, was Michael Bolton the soundtrack to the Zach and Slater Kelly? Slater and Jesse are singing a Michael Bolton song at the at the prom. I'm gonna start calling you Young Kapowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a sad. Scene. What's the song? Tell me how can I'm supposed to live without you? But it is, yeah. you know, it's Jesse and, and Slater. Y'all don't remember that? <laughs> Jesse, Jesse kind of had the brunette version of Michael Bolton's hair. She kind of did give you a little Bolton action on on the hair. Yeah, Bolton action. That sounds like a rifle. But so does the Jesus piece, if you think about it. You got anything else? This is a story of <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, Give us one more impression. <laughs> wait, who can we wait? Let's see. Who can we think of right now that we could get? Who's an impression that you can do well that you've never done? Surprise us. Give us a good a Rob Hayes deep cut. Okay, we'll go full circle. You started with your designer impression. Give us a Nardwar impression. Well, if you remember the first uh, live podcast that we did, I did an impression of Nardwar <laughs> talking to really though. What can you tell me, Noah Garden Swartz, about the album Blunt? Uh, I enjoyed making it. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Uh, nice try, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to let you finish. <laughs> All right. Uh, Noah, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug? Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm working on a show right now called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's a, mm. new, it's a new show on Amazon. Everyone can go watch the pilot while it's out. And then we're working on the next seven episodes right now in the writer's room. But I do think it's a great show that people will enjoy. That's awesome. Dope. And uh, we're going to be at NYC Podfest this weekend, this Saturday, April 8th. We're going to be live talking Kanye at the Bell House at 430 with our special guest, Cypher Sounds. We're going to be uh, paired with The Room Where It's Happening, the Hamilton Fan Podcast with Trayvon Free and Mike Drucker. They're going to be joined by special guest Myra Wilson. Um, $20 a ticket gets you in and see both shows. It's going to be a great time, and you can get tickets at nycpodfest.com or on our own Book of Yay page at foreverdogpodcast.com. Wow. <laughs> Trap. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. 
Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com.